there, nerds and ne'er-do-wells, and welcome to a very, very special one-shot episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. My name is Chris Neal, a.k.a. Tatty Bojangles, a.k.a. a bunch of other one-shot characters that I played, and I will be your dungeon master for this evening. And joining me tonight from the Antarctic climbs of Sheffield is Alistair, AJ, a.k.a. Action Jackson. (laughs) Stop using my bloody government name, all right? Two personas, all right? The real people and the general public don't need to know who I am. But yes, it's lovely to be here. It's lovely to hand over the reins to a seasoned professional like yourself, and I am very much looking forward to rolling some dice as a mere punter and seeing what you've got up your sleeve for us tonight. I have nothing up my sleeve. There are no plans, nothing. I'm flying by the seat of my ass. Wow. And speaking of ass, we are also joined by... (laughs) the Finnish ambassador to the UK himself... It's Mr. Matt Durant. Uh, Arrivederci. Woo! (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. The temperature difference between Sheffield and Finland is down to a a manageable six or seven degrees. It's quite warm here. Really? Really? Are you warmer than us right now? No, not... Well, I am inside, but... um, it's it's about minus seven here, which is quite quite. Uh, oh, minus seven! Quite a nice temperature. You you won't get frostbite. Jesus Christ, that's pretty nice for you guys. Anytime we approach minus one, minus two, just everything shuts down. Mm. Round the corner on Raggy and Kerry's Road, there is a water pipe that has burst, and it's just icy all down that side road. People just bomb it down that road, so someone is gonna like go down the hill. And, and crash and end up in Ruskin Park. I see. And is that why Raggy could not be with us this evening for this very special one shot? Not, Has his pipe burst? It is not. Uh, the last time his man pipe burst, he asked me to uh, to stitch it up. Whoa. I thought you were going to say mop it up. <laughs> no. No. He just knows that I've got very steady hands. When his man pipe burst. Hmm. If you had very steady hands, I'm not sure his man pipe would have burst in the first place. But let's not labour that example. It wasn't my hands that were that were that were. We're gonna we're gonna dip out of this joke. <laughs> Did you blow on it to warm it up at all? Is before? it okay for me to ju- for me to just dive out of a joke before it ends? It doesn't feel like we're, we're gonna find any good material there. Eject. I, I wanted to add uh, um, as our DM. I thought you might want to plug your new erectile dysfunction therapy book. One shot wonders. Mm. Wow, that is absolutely not how we will be crediting Roll and Play Press for this episode. <laughs> oh yeah! My apologies, Roll and Play Press. I'm so so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is why we sent them to Finland. I didn't, I didn't get the NDA. This is why we can't have nice sponsors, <laughs> listeners. So, for tonight's adventure. We will be turning to the delights of One Shot Wonders by Roland Play Press. It is a wonderful book full of over a hundred like scenarios for one shots, including story hooks, kind of like a quick play by play of 
how the story will play out. Mm. There's different ones that are like, if you're in a bit of a hurry, there's a few that are marked out for that. There's a few that are like classic dungeon crawlers. There's like ones that are kind of steered towards like legendary or epic level adventures. There's something for everyone, is what I'm trying to say. So thank you, Roll and Play Press, for allowing us to use this book for tonight's adventure. I'm intrigued, Chris. Where could I buy such a tome? You can buy this tome from rollandplaypress.com. Amazing. And how many British pounds will that set me back? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I got it before Christmas, so they might have changed the price. Are you accusing Roland Play Press of hiking their prices post-festive season? Well, no, I'm, I'm, if anything, I would have said that because it was new when I bought it, maybe they'd have dipped the price after Christmas. I see. It was about £30 when I got it, something like that. That's a bargain for a hundred hooks, you say, a hundred stories for £30. Yeah. That's a bargain. And it's, and it's great for, it's great for us because sometimes we have to run one shots at pretty short notice. So. Yeah, when a man's pipe bursts. Yeah. Mm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Have him teleconference in from the emergency room no maybe depending on how committed he is maybe so without further ado are we ready for a little bit of D, a little bit of storytelling just a little bit of storytelling some narrative role-playing action i'm down count me in we pan over a icy frozen landscape through a series of winding paths and in the middle of tall frost-covered mountains we find our two adventurers who have been paid to courier a small package about yay big to a research facility or a laboratory known as the Nexus Laboratory which is located a little bit further along this frozen landscape you guys have been traveling for most of the day. It's kind of getting close to late afternoon, evening time. Just as you roll in to the courtyard of the research facility. But before we describe what what you see around you when you get there, let's let's turn things over to our characters. Matt, you describe your character for us. Randall Stormbrand has a mighty paladin <laughs> I carry forth a flaming sword of vengeance to strike furious anger on those who should commit wrongdoing in my sight. I'm very loud and often found uh, at model railway conventions when I'm not being a paladin. (laughs) I'm half human, half elf, but I'm all vengeance and fury. I love how we've created this tradition where now all of Matt's one-shot characters are just different takes on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Batman ever been British aristocracy? Yeah, I don't think he was a. I don't think he was a dwarf either. But <laughs> Brian Blessed. <laughs> that seemed to work in the last one. Cool. Uh, AJ, describe to us your character. <laughs> right, my friends. My name's Malgar. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm a dragonborn. 
barbarian of sorts. You'll know me because I'm not really wearing very much. Uh, I'm a red-scaled, massive dragonborn, and I've got this beautiful flowing scales, and I'm wearing not really much, just a bit of a bit of light leather just held in my, my belt and my utilities together. And then I've got a cape flowing. I've got a wanderer's cape flowing off the back, but I'm quite lightly armoured, quite frankly. I, I mean, oh, what can I say? I'm not the brightest guy, but I make up for my lack of intelligence with my girth. I'm a girthy lad. Oh, I, I know how to swing one around. Take one on the noggin for me and you'll know it. Malgar, pleasure to meet you, Randall. My girthy friend. <laughs> Surely we shall engirth all this world before we're through. Uh. Oh, I don't know, my holy friend. Would you mind saying a prayer for me? I've got myself a bit of a sniffle, and I don't seem to be able to get rid of it. It, it would be my honor to uh, help you with your sniffle. Oh, wondrous gods above, grant ye blessing upon this snivelous dragonborn. Do I need to close my eyes for the gods to really... I don't know how prayer works. No, no, that uh, do we hold hands? Quite, uh, it's it's more of a, a, a game of odds at this chance. You'll probably be fine in a few days. No, oh, right, you are. Okay, I'll try not to sneeze directly into your open mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Right, this package. Can I inv- just? I don't want to open the package. I'm just curious. Like, if I hold it up and shake it and turn it around a bit, what am I seeing? Yeah, sure. Give me a uh, perception or an investigation check. Yes, sir. Um, Here we go. Listeners, first roll, perception. Ooh, plus three. That's horseshit. Thirteen. Yeah, it's a small wooden box. It has a insignia on the side of it, kind of like one of those that's been, like, stamped in or, like, painted on, something like that, which you can see... Now that you're in the courtyard of the Nexus Lab, the same logo is also on the side of like a wooden post that's been that's been put up by the side of the by the side of the road. If you give it a, a little like a a little shake around, you can't really feel anything moving. Whatever is in there, it's either like big enough so that it like takes up the entirety of the box in terms of like shape and dimensions, or it's been like packed tightly. Right, right you are. Oh, Randall, I think you better hold this. I don't know, I don't trust myself. I'm not a man of finesse. I am a very strong man. I can handle your box with ease. Oh, well, I speak fluent innuendo, and I am not comfortable with this exchange. So, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> all right. Wow. That's, uh, there's someone, someone just dumping out of that one early. As you uh, get into the courtyard of the Nexus Lab, you can see a large metal building with like a domed roof with a large telescope pointed out of the dome in the roof, surrounded by a small courtyard. And the front door, which is just in front of you guys now, has a little sign just outside it saying, Keep out! Suppose you that sign meant for us? I don't know, Randall. I do not know. It can't be. 
Do you think it's dangerous? I don't know. Look there, they got one of them sky binocular things. You know, for getting your eyes closer to the lords in the heavens. Ah, telescope. That's the word. I suppose we should try to enter forthwith. Oh, you don't want to make a big thing out of this, but if you could just speak in plain common, it would make my life much easier. I'm not much for translating highborn. I I do apologize. Shall we go in the thingy now? Now? (laughs) I, I feel like you might be patronizing me there. I didn't ask you to speak in single silly balls. Patronizing? That's a long word. Oh, fuck you in the ass. And don't use lube. Right. I've had enough of this dilly-dally. As I just hammer on the door with one large dragonborn fist. Yeah, you knock on the door. You hear some... Just a little bit of rustling coming from from inside. And you hear the click of someone opening like unlocking the door from the other side and opening it up you see a uh, a small dwarf man as he just cracks the door open a little bit uh, against the cold small dwarf man with short hair and a long long brown beard so long that he's actually got it thrown over his shoulder so that it doesn't stop him from running around he says hello there can I help you Hell, and may I say, what a mighty beard you have. Ah, well, thank you very much. All right, is your parents home at all? Your mom and dad? My parents? What are you talking about? These accents are going to go all over the place. (laughs) Oh, we've got package for your ma and pa to sign. Ah, you've got the package. Ah, I see so, let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Gradius Stoutbrand. And he holds out his hand to shake hands with one of you, or both of you. I enthusiastically grab it with both hands and, and pump, pump him up and down to the extent that he lifts off the ground a little bit. Yeah, that he's like... As Randall pumps him with both hands, I dive to the side and catch the box that clearly Randall is no longer holding in one hand before it hits the floor. Uh, Amazing. Gradius gestures to both of you and he says, Come in, come in, get yourselves out of the cold. I do have to ask, why is there a sign saying keep out? Are we allowed in here? Well, we run a lot of quite experimental projects at this facility. Some of the townsfolk nearby have taken issue with them sometimes. Uh, nothing to worry about, mostly just children breaking in and vandalizing quite expensive equipment. Can you please, just out of character, can you say the phrase literate herring in that voice, please? Literate herring! Oh, <laughs> thank you, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the blood rushes from Malgar's head. (laughs) (laughs) That phrase actually might be my go-to to to keep up this accent, so thank you very much. (laughs) I I have my own one that I'm reciting endlessly in my head, trying to stay in character, thanks to your incredible Scottish accent. For me, it doesn't work if I say it in my head. I have to actually say it out loud. So every now and again, if I just turn around and go, 
literate hearing. <laughs> Just ignore it. <laughs> or if I go, all right, my combine harvester. Yeah. Then that's all right. That's a safe word. It's a safe word, listeners. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I would like to cross the boundary and enter in, please. Gradius ushers you inside and you can see uh, there are, you know, as you can see from the outside, the, the like structure of the building, you can see on the left-hand side, there is what you assume to be the large, uh, like almost like the observatory chamber, which has the domed roof. And then in front of you, there's a doorway. And then on the right-hand side, there's a corridor that you can see has rooms on either side. So Gradius brings you inside and he says, Yes, you've arrived just in time. Let me take you through to the uh, living quarters and then I can see about getting your fee. And then if you like, you can be right on your way. Um, He kind of gestures down the corridor and kind of ushers you past these other rooms up to what almost looks like just a kind of almost like a little break room uh, that has like a dining table, chairs on either side. You can see almost like dry storage for food and stuff like that. And he says, just make yourself comfortable here for a few minutes. I'm going to go see about your fee. Thank you very much. Has he taken the package? He's left it on like on the uh, dining table. Interesting. I look look at it, and then I look back at Randall, and I say, Right, I've got a bad feeling about this. No narrative that ever involved bringing a MacGuffin to the wilderness ever started well. What could possibly be strange about this mysterious facility in the middle of nowhere, staffed by one man? Just as you say that, as as Gradius <laughs> t- turn, t- turns, the, turns the corner of the corridor going back to where you came from, you hear this loud I fucking knew it. As you look back at where Gradius walked off to, you see him running back towards you like, oh shit! Oh shit! He runs up to the two of you and he's like, right, right, shit, shit, I've got to get you both in the panic room. Lead the way. Consider myself panicked. Oh, alright, if you must. Oh, this is giving me flashbacks to Half-Life. <laughs> He gestures to the, the door on the other side of the break room, uh, opens it up, uh, and says, All right, okay. Uh, he, like, very, very nervously, like, looks at you, then turns around to, like, pick up the, pick up the, uh, the package. Starts, like, going at it with a crowbar. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrestle the package off him, please. Okay. Make me a athletics check. Uh, he has not paid for the package, and he is thus not having the fucking package until <laughs> money turns up. Uh, athletics. Whoo! Plus eight. Like in this character. A mere 22 on athletics. He got a big ol' five, so you definitely beat him. I look over at him and I say, All right, no, I will not be giving you the package, not until you give me the money. Right, right, right. You see him, like, kind of calm himself down a little bit, and he's like, right, right you are. Okay, okay. I need to explain. I need to explain. So, one of the experiments that one of my colleagues was running went a little bit haywire, and the guy that was running it, a guy called Jameson Haig, Dr. Jameson Haig, injected himself with... (laughs) 
an experimental potion liquid I'm you know I I'm a doctor but this is not really my specialty he injected himself with this potion that was supposed to make him very powerful I gather it didn't really work started to transform into some kind of beast I don't really know what he is now but me and one of my other colleagues were able to as he was trans- transforming we were able to put him inside a isolation chamber while we attempted to work out a cure now and he kind of gestures to the box that you're now holding in front of you he says now what you've got there is half of the antidote <laughs> add the other half he's going to make an intelligence check nope he says I'm not super clear I just know that that is one half of the antidote we'll have to go and see my other colleague Dr. Valeria Livia now that's one that you should never try and say in a Scottish accent she'll know what to do she was she was last I saw her she was in the she was in the uh, the, the chamber with with Jameson uh, keeping an eye on him although if the alarm is anything to go by we should probably skip to it hurry up double time is what I'm saying I think your interpersonal work problems are your own my my friend and I will be uh, skedaddling from this perilous situation I look at Randall and I'm like alright Randall I don't want to make a big thing out of it but I'm starting to suspect we might be drug mules (laughs) drug mules you've 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 tricked us now then I have no idea where that accent came from. New then! New then! New! You can't new. Wee bastard! He goes, right then! New. I don't know what the fuck you think drug mules do, but carrying something in a box is a lot prettier than what most drug mules have to put up with on a daily basis. I scratch my ass out the back of my cloak and I say... All right, my friend, I don't know what kind of magical woo-woo drugs Jameson's been taken but right now I would just like to go home and put my feet up I it is arctically fucking cold out there and I don't much care to be fighting mystical men in isolation chambers with half a fucking antidote so me and my lutin for lutin friend over here would like to be leaving look as much as I'd like you to get on your way he kind of like squints his head a little bit as you as like the alarm is still like blaring behind him he goes, I think if all the protocols are in, are in place, the alarm going off has probably locked us down. So... Look, 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 I'll, 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 I'll double your, I'll, I'll double your pay. I'll give you more money. If you, if you, if you help us out. Right, I would just appreciate a small side council with my uh, holy friend here, if that's all right. Just give us a second, as I take Randall to one side for a little sidebar. Yes, Malgar. What are you thinking, my friend? I don't want to overplay our hand (laughs) by speaking too loudly, so I shall keep my voice down. Right, you modulate your whispers. I suppose uh, we have no choice, and I don't want people to think that Randall Stormbrand would back down from a fight. All right. Are there, like, any windows in this room? Is it 
what, what am I seeing as I look around quickly? In the panic room, there's no windows in here. There's a few things stored in here, but it's like, it's mostly pretty sparse. There's maybe like some empty, empty shelving units, uh, but that's kind of it. You can just see Gradius is like stood at the doorway, just like nervously fidgeting and like looking around over his shoulder. All right, I look over at Gradius and I look down at the box. I'm like, all right, before we sign up to this, Randall, what's your lord saying to you? You know, the almighty deity type people who you hang around with. You getting any kind of spiritual woo-woos? Um, I close my eye and close my eyes and just my, my one eye. Um, your one eye. <laughs> you close your chakra. That'd be sting. <laughs> Cyclops half elf. <laughs> oh Lord, grant unto me the serenity to see for my divine plan. Make me a religion check. Whilst he's doing that, I'm doing the international charades for one more minute to Gradius <laughs> with my finger. He looks super nervous. He's just like he's just itching back and forth. Oh, uh, eight. No, nine. Nine. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Nine. A strong bond with your A mighty. strong, nine. a strong, vital nine. <laughs> Almost papal with a roll a of nine. nine. <laughs> Scale of one yeah. to twenty. Phenomenal. A nine with five. Twenty being papal. Excellent. <laughs> papal. Nine being heretical. You can hear the, the blaring alarm in the background as the as the the, the facility has, has kind of gone dark in the emergency protocol has kicked in. And that kind of the, the sound of the alarm just kind of washes away a little bit. You kinda of like close your eyes and you just feel a very light breeze just blow past you, Randall. You hear a very gentle voice just say <laughs> My child, <laughs> you have reached the answering message of Cassandra the Wise. If you could please leave your name and sacrifice your name and and the 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 nature of your divine request, I will be sure to get back to you within the next hundred to hundred and fifty centuries. Just a, the, a, a divine beep. Yeah, kind of like the tone, but it's more like ah, ah, <laughs> angels ah. and harps. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Randall, whose eyes have rolled back into his skull whilst he's connecting with the with Cassandra. I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't mean to rush you here, but any kind of uh, spark of inspiration from your deity at all there? I throw no, I my, my holy symbol to the ground and I say, oh, for heaven's sake, literally, <laughs> they're out at the moment. Ironic. They're out at the moment. Excellent. So we'll be doing this my way as I flex my guns a little bit and just readjust my cloak. All right. It looks like the only way for it is to uh, crack some skulls. So are you down for a fight, my holy friend? Let it never be said. I say no to a fair fight. I did not say anything about a fair fight. We've only got half a fucking antidote. (laughs) Or an unfair one, I suppose. Gradius walks up to you and goes, Right then, have have you finished negotiating? 
All right, look, I feel like we've narratively got ourselves in a cul-de-sac here, so we've only got one option, which is to join you for a jolly good showdown with your good friend, Jameson Haig. One half whiskey, one half war crimes tribunal. Jameson Haig. He sounds like a fucking legend. Let's rehabbing him. Gradius looks at you. You watch his brain do like a full control alt delete reboot for a second and he's like, hey, I'm not touching that. And he goes, come on, let's go see Valeria. (laughs) And he ushers you back down the corridor through, instead of going right back to where the front door was, you go left into a different room where you can see there is uh, a couple of desks just with like papers and like folders, documents and shelves next to them. And then on the far side of the room from the door there is a what looks like a kind of glass cylindrical chamber um that has been that's like rested on its side and you can see there's a huge hole in one side of it with just like crackles and sparks coming out of it smoke kind of just coming off the top of it a little bit it's not like filling the room but you can tell it's like you can tell it's like broken you look to the right and sat down at one of the desks is a elven woman with kind of uh, fine fine features, kind of like quite sharp features. She's wearing a lab coat, the same type that uh, Gradius is wearing, but she has a huge wound across her shoulder that is bleeding quite a lot into her side. And she um, is... She looks kind of like half conscious, half like staring off and doing the thousand yard stare. She kind of looks up as you guys run in and goes, Gradius, I'm afraid I'm afraid Jameson appears to have escaped his escaped his 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 bonds and has given me quite the battle wound. Who are these people? Gradius kind of like walks over to her and like just puts his hand on her on her arm a little bit because it's as it's as high as he can reach. And he just goes, uh these are the Korea's Randall Stormbrand, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. I stick out a hand. Yes, this this one's this one's very loud. Um, the other one is also quite loud, but this one seems loud, excessively so. <laughs> Valeria kind of like holds onto her side with one hand and like walks up to you and like doesn't even really shake your hand, just kind of like puts her hand on your hand. You know that thing where like someone just. <laughs> Uh, nice, nice, nice to meet you. I'm sorry I'm a little bit indisposed. Uh, I'm hoping that Gradius has explained the situation to you. She looks at the box in Gradius's hand and just kind of goes, is that the, the, the piece of the antidote? And Gradius goes, yes, yes, yes. Uh, these were the two couriers who were hired to, uh, bring part of the antidote. Uh, and he walks over to, uh, one of the desks and just, opens up one of the drawers and pulls out a a small crowbar and just opens up the box and takes out a small vial of what looks like kind of like sparkling purple liquid and Valeria goes okay okay so we've got we've got one half of the of the antidote the other half i'm hoping that it's still in the cold storage room and Jameson is he's loose He's loose in, he's loose in the building and he's not, 
he's not human anymore. He's transformed into something quite, quite monstrous. Oh no. I've got a feeling I know how this is going to go. What are your people doing here? Did you ever stop to think if you should, or did you just think if you could? Well, um, I mean, Dr. Haig is a brilliant scientist. His work was going to revolutionize how we outfit soldiers for battle and how we treat the most serious of, of acute medical conditions. Yes, it was a little brash and a little stupid of him to test this experimental serum on himself. But all we can do now is try and create the antidote and administer it to him so that we don't lose him permanently. You see, Valeria looks to the two of you and just kind of says, like, as she's holding onto the, like, vial of liquid in one hand, she says, I know that you've already, you've already done a lot for us by bringing us this piece of the antidote. But if I'm not really in the best shape, if I can describe to you what I need from the cold storage room, would you be able to bring it here so that I can create the antidote? Before we go off and, and go on this magical mission to get the other half of the antidote from the cold floor, I can't help but notice that you are slightly worse for wear. You are carrying a wound. Could I perhaps help you? I mean, if you have any expertise with healing or some kind of magic, that would be very much appreciated. I have a feeling that the the extent of my wounds may be slightly worse than it looked. Whatever Jameson has transformed himself into, he appears to... It could be that he's infected me with something from his claws and just like shows you shows you her shoulder where there's like a huge gash in it. Well, I tell you what, it would both be beneficial from us to see what kind of wounds this man is inflicting. And also, I know a pretty thing about looking after people as I pull out my mess kit and uh, rummage around in it. You pull out your what? Mess kit. I've got a mess kit. Oh, okay. What does that include? A mess kit is uh, a bit like all of your food and cookers and stuff. As I'm rummaging around in there, uh, I pull out uh, a wheel of soft cheese and <laughs> attempt to use it to staunch the bleeding. Interesting. I once heard of a dragonborn who used cheese to to heal himself. <laughs> <laughs> if you attempt to go near her with, with soft cheese, she's not going to let you do that. She looks at you and she's like, uh, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. Is either of you an actual doctor or a or a cleric of some sort? I'm walking towards her with two fingers smeared with garlic roulade, cream cheese. Like I've I've got a liberal amount of roulade. She's holding her hand out and saying, "No, not you. Definitely not you." <sighs> My shoulders sag. I um, know a few healing spells, bits and bobs, if I may lay my hands upon you. She turns directly to you, Randall, and says. Uh, <sighs> Yes, go on then. You look like a you look like a, a a man of some faith. If you wouldn't mind imparting some of your your healing abilities to me, that would be very much appreciated. I sigh and I give her shit eye whilst sucking roulade off my digits. <laughs> She's not looking at you. <laughs> I never get to use a D eight. Use my pointiest D eight. Uh, I gently place my fat hands upon. <laughs> The wound and you the world's only fat elf. <laughs> fucking metabolism. <laughs> you got all the benefits of being an elf, but you got a human's metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fantastic. 
You're a you're a dwarf that grew up elvish. You're a fat bearded elf. <laughs> this is so much fun. Just imagine your fat pointy ears. <laughs> I um yeah, chant I I say Oh great forces of the great beyond give unto this humble servant your healing powers and heal in in the manner of nine hit points. <laughs> it was the best part was just hearing the dice clatter just before you said it. What does your healing magic look like as it as it washes over Valeria? I think like a nice like a soft cheese. Like a magnolia colour. Wow. Oh. Like a, the colour of the yogurt. That's nice. <laughs> Disturbingly dairy themed here. <laughs> you are not allowed to call anything disturbing after trying to go at this woman with soft cheese and then giving her shit eyes when she wouldn't let you touch her. All right, all right. Whilst all of this is going on, I would just like to say for the record, listeners, I'm standing in the background really hurt and I'm looking at Gradius and I'm just giving him the international wank hand whilst pointing at Randall and all of his quackery that he's currently doing. (laughs) Gradius is just kind of like every so often just edging further away from you. You turn you turn around at one point and he's he's fully by the door, just like leaning up against it. <laughs> He'll take his chances with Jameson. It's like reverse daredevil. Every time you turn around, he's further away. Valeria kind of like takes a deep breath and sighs, and you can see that like some of the um some of the wound is kind of like closed up a little bit, but that you can still see like where almost like internal bleeding, like a bruising as as like occurred on her shoulder and stuff. And she says, ah, thank you. It should give me a little bit more time to work on the cure. Yes. And she, she runs over to uh, some notes that she's got on one of the other desks and she starts flicking through them. And she says, yes, we will need from cold storage ashes of mandrake. Yes, mandrake ashes to um, to add to the existing existing portion of the cure and she kind of, she shows you in her notes a picture of what it looks like it's basically just like another another vial but with like kind of like dark brown with some like green tinges of like what kind of looks like ashes but just very like discolored if you're able to go and get the ashes of mandrake uh, and bring them back here i can uh, combine them with this portion of the cure and once Jameson is unconscious we will be able to administer it to him yes then we need to worry about how we how we knock out Jameson in his current state leave, uh, leave that to me uh, you, if you go and get the if you go and get the mandrake ashes I'll think on the rest of it because she turned me down for healing just while she's saying that could I please see how much of this I believe uh, yeah, sure. Make me an inside check. Thank you. I don't trust her. Not one bit. Oof. 17. She got a... You know what? Yeah, she got a natural 20 for persuasion check. Uh, and she... Basically... Pers- actually, I probably shouldn't have given that away. Persuasion means that she's not lying. But in any <laughs> case, you think that you think that she is very, very shaken, being quite a remote scientific facility you don't think that this is someone who's used to being physically and actively attacked 
never mind the fact that it's by someone who is her colleague, ostensibly. Yeah, you think, if anything, she's probably just shaken, but she definitely seems to be telling the truth. Okay. She looks at both of you and says, yes, if you if you follow the corridor back down to where the front door is and then turn right, just before you reach the observatory chamber, that's where you'll find the cold storage room. Can I leave that with you while I try and figure out the best way to, to knock Jameson unconscious uh, before we administer the cure? Right. I mean, do you not want us to knock him unconscious? I'm just saying, as I pull off my ginormous greatsword, I'm probably far better at twatting people than you are. You see her, see her kind of do the thing that like very high intellect people do when you give them a problem to solve, which has like a very, very simple solution, but one that is not a scientific solution. It's almost like you watch like her eyes dart around as if she's just like scanning something. Uh, just past you, like, above her head. A, a bit like if she's going through her mind palace, and she's just like, well, actually, that that's probably the that's probably the simplest way, if that's something that you're comfortable with doing. Ooh, absolutely. I mean, you just add it to our bill. Uh, so we will be billing you for a delivery of the package, we will be billing you for uh, picking up the mandrake ashes, and we will also be billing you for uh, incapacitating Jameson Haig. So we will simply invoice you, itemized, of course, uh, once the deed has been done. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, we're, we're, gov- government contracts, you know, there's always overages. She turns around and, and starts like flicking through some of her notes again, uh, while uh, Gradius uh, kind of starts going through one of the one of the shelving units and trying to find some like bandages to put on her. Yeah, what do you guys do? I look over at Randall and I say, "All right, Randall, I think we've probably pumped these NPCs for all they're worth. Let's get out there to the meat of this story. What say you?" I say, "Let's go." <laughs> As you uh, go back into the corridor, you scan around looking for the room that Valeria told you about, and you head over to the uh, cold storage room. Now, this one, this room is a little bit bigger than the other ones, and it is mostly just like very tall shelving units with like kind of higgledy-piggledy labels and notes affixed underneath where certain things are kind of like laid out. So, if both of you could make me either a perception or investigation check. I get advantage on perception. Oh, good. We got a nine. I'm not going to lie. I'm not the best at these perceiving. And a lucky 13. Woo! It takes you a little while. Yeah, you can't really see a system that appears to be at work in this room for, like, where things are kept, which things are kept with what. But going by Valeria's description, you do eventually find a small vial that has the ashes of the correct consistency and colour, and you head back to the isolation chamber where Valeria and Gradius are, and as you walk back in, she goes, Ah, good. I've, I've got some kind of old old school pestle and mortar. Pestle and mortar? Yeah, that's yes. the thing. Yeah, yeah, for crushing things together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, look, I'm right, okay? Wow. Has she got a conical flask as well? Okay, I don't know if it's the same thing. She does have a calcinator. 
She has um, she Ooh. has a, a pestle and mortar, a calcinator, and some other Ooh. like alchemical equipment that's like set out on the desk in front of her. And she says, "Okay, this shouldn't take me too long." You watch her like pour the the ashes into the mortar, and then the pestle is the grinding thing. Is that right, or is it the other way around? And then bit by bit, she kind of like adds the purple, like sparkling purple solution that you guys brought. She kind of adds that in as she's like grinding it up with the pestle. And after about five or ten minutes, she uses the calcinator to kind of filter it into another small into another small vial, which the she then takes out and adds to a you wouldn't know it as this, but it's basically just a syringe. Whilst this is going on, can I please I, I'm not comfortable. I don't like this. And ever since they first mentioned that Jameson Haig has transformed, I just have not felt comfortable in myself. And while she's doing scientific stuff, which quite frankly is so far above my pay grade that it's giving me a headache, watching her do this scientific thing is not, it's not boding well with me. So I'd like to pull my greatsword off my broad shoulders and I'd like to wander back and just stand in the doorway almost in preparation for Jameson coming back while she's doing all this. Okay, I guess make me a perception check. First good thing I've done all day. 21. 21. You don't see anything. The facility, even the, uh, obviously the, um, the alarm is still going off and it's technically still, still under lockdown. So there's no, there's not really that many light sources. Yeah. Do hear something every now and again, just like a, what sounds like rustling, what sounds like just like something being knocked over every, every now and again, or like, yeah, it just sounds like rustling where you can't quite see it or like something being knocked over, something being like walked into, but that's, that's kind of all you get. Okay. As Valeria finishes up the cure gives it to you with the uh, with the syringe she gives it to you Randall and says yes please save this for when for when Jameson is unconscious and administer it to him then I'm hoping that when his nervous system is at rest it will have the best chance to work he was such a brilliant scientist he is such a brilliant scientist he <laughs> is such a brilliant scientist tell me uh, Valeria when did you first realize you were in love with your colleague? Oh my. She kind of blushes a little bit and she like looks down, looks down at her feet. She... It's the first day I started working here. I'd never... All of the research and the, the, the projects that I'd worked on before, before I came to the Nexus facility, it all seems quite mundane now. Since that first day that Jameson showed me the, the observatory, showed me the stars, showed me how beautiful they are. I think I think that may be the maybe the first time that I, I realized I was in love with him. Oh my. I, I am confused. I'm very sorry. I thought this was a erectile dysfunction clinic. <laughs> what what I'm very confused. Why are you staring at the stars for? <laughs> When you talk about extending the telescope, I thought you meant something else. That's why. That's why it's. 
That's why it's shaped like a dome with a with a large cylinder pointed out of it. Because people look at it and they're like, my erectile dysfunction is solved. Yeah. <laughs> they know what they're doing. She goes, I don't know who you are, but you may be the biggest buffoon I've ever, ever had to listen to. All right. When this buffoon is protecting you from your fucking transformed lover, you'll be fucking laughing out of the other side of, I'm here, I'm the muscle. Him over there, he's the brains, all right? Ain't no one ever come to me to solve a fucking crossword clue. So why don't we get ourselves to the fucking cold store for whatever this is, Manchego Ash, and maybe, maybe just maybe... We can get us all home in time for dinner and a swift off, all right? So all this notion of love, how about we just stick a pin in it, all right? You asked. You asked. I don't think I did. (laughs) If any part of Jameson still remains, I would hope that he would still have the same interest in the observatory. Maybe whatever form he's taken now will will still retain that interest. That may be where you find him. I can't imagine him hanging out anywhere else. I tell you what, after we've pinned down his throbbing form, knocked him out and slammed a syringe into him, maybe you and him could have a follow-up talk about those things, you know, those feelings that you're having. And that's quite all right. But quite frankly, time is getting on, the evening's getting away from us, and I'm being paid a flat fee. So if it's all the same to you, could I get the fuck on with this? Yes, yes. Be on with you. Excellent. She gives you a harsh look and then turns to Randall and, and, and just kind of says, thank you. Thank you for your help. If there's anything of your lover left in that hideous creature, I'm <laughs> sure he loved you too. He's not my lover, okay? He's my colleague. I'm technically his boss. Oh, I see. This is a complicated HR situation. We haven't had a chance to talk about it, but go, go, go find him. Being pushed out the door. You may want to consider discussing this with your HR department. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, Randall and myself, can we make our way to the cold store, please? The cold store? Yes. Uh, We've already been there. Oh, I thought that's where the Mandrake Ash... Oh, Oh, shit! Sorry. That's where the Mandrake Ash was, but you've already (laughs) been there. I know you're the brawn of the team, and I'm the brains, but uh, I believe we've already been there. All right, look. <laughs> Fuck me. I'll stand behind you, you go in the right direction, and then you you point to the bad guy, and then I will hit him with my long pointy sword. All right, I'm apolo- I apologize for trying to take some initiative there. That was, quite frankly, embarrassing. Not only for Malgar, but also for AJ. So let's... <laughs> Straw mine under this. We'll we'll edit it so it's in character. Yeah, we'll we'll edit it so you don't look dumb. <laughs> we both know I'm the one editing it. At this point, I'm barely recognizing anything you say, so I'm just waiting for you and just reacting like yes. <laughs> you head for the observatory. Uh, yeah, as you get into that chamber, you can see it's a large dark room with uh, the telescope device pointing off out looking to the stars kind of like small series of desks in front of it and uh, yeah like the big domed roof 
as you walk in. Make me a perception check, both of you. Fifteen. Oh, fifteen. As you look around the room and just, like, look around the kind of, like, the perimeter of the room, you can just kind of see uh, a bunch of crates and shelves with, like, loads of loads of boxes and filing units on them. And then, Malgar, as you turn around to look at to look at one of the boxes, you hear that rustling sound again. It's not coming from where the boxes are. It's coming from the telescope. Oh no. The top the top of the telescope, which is poking out of the dome, and you hear what sounded like rustling was the sound of glass breaking as you hear a as a huge figure crashes down into the observatory chamber and as it walks forward into the kind of like low cast light in front of it huge giant figure with one kind of very vacant eye just staring off into the distance and that's where we're going to take a quick drinks break amazing loving this it's awesome. I'm getting very Resident Evil slash Half-Life vibes. Yeah, I'm really here for the Resident Evil slash Half-Life vibes. Okay, so we've got to take down a monster. Okay, I'm going to refresh my drink. Yeah. And then come back for some ass whooping. See you soon. See you soon. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. It's 1988. Do you know where your children are? Sneaking out of detention, again. Playing that evil new game, Dungeons and Dragons, that your friends on the PTA warned you about. Arguing amongst themselves. Battling monsters and the other children at school. Guiding a herd of goats into a swimming pool. And arguing amongst themselves. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Dungeon Calling. Who buys a possum? That's what I was asking you. (laughs) Dungeon Calling. This is good fun. I'm enjoying this. It's good. I found this one in in the the category in the in the book that was I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically like once for when you're on a bit of a time crunch. I still moved a few things around and removed one or two things, but the important bits still remain. It's good as well because it for most of them it will give you like suggested levels for the characters. Oh, really? It also gives you like tips for making it easier or harder in case you want to do it with like slightly higher level characters so instead of uh, I think in the original one the monster that he turns into is a what is he maybe like a hmm can't remember I can't remember what he was supposed to be but in this in this version because it's slightly harder I made him a cyclop oh I love that so I was unknowingly prescient with my one eye very prescient. I'm not quite sure how you ended up rolling a nine and then ended up becoming an actual prophet, but... <laughs> that was very clever. Surprisingly papal, yeah. Yeah, papal, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's papal level. Can we, can we have papal level Patreons now? <laughs> well, I was going to reveal that the Roman Catholic Church has asked to sponsor us for several, you know, for a limited run. Because really, it is obvious when your listenership spikes in uh, Vatican City. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. 
that's where it all came from. Usually we've been VAT exempt, but right now we're about to... (laughs) 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 That look, listeners, that look. Chris Neal is not impressed with my shit dad jokes. That was pretty good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Oh, high praise. I'm going to just wallow and bask in the glory of some kind words from Chris Neal there. They come around once but a lifetime. Yeah, it's rare, but that's why you love them. We ready to get back into it? Absolutely. I, I am. I'm ready. I'm locked in. Yes. I'm a barbarian. I was born to fight. Moving on to different red wine after finishing off Jam Shed is always a disappointment. Jam Shed? It's like fucking alcoholic Ribena. <laughs> yeah. It has a weaker taste than cranberry juice. It's wild. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. And also not not any kind of recommendation. The way you drink no. Jam Shed remind Do you remember when do you remember Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne. Remember remember when Lil Wayne Yeah, remember the rapper Lil Wayne when he had to uh, he had to go into rehab because he was addicted to cough syrup? That <laughs> your your uh, your addiction to Jam Shed reminds me a lot of Lil Wayne and his addiction to cough syrup. It's the first first time in a while that I've had jam shed. I've I've got loads of bottles of red wine to go through. Oh yeah. So I treated myself to the jam shed. No. Hmm. Cool. Let's jump right back into it. The giant form of the Cyclops, formerly known as uh Jameson Haig, is uh bearing down on both of you. Let's roll some initiative. Yay. As a bonus action before the fight starts am I alright to oil myself up I find that being oiled up just helps with regards to combat and preventing grapple I don't know if we can stop you you want to oil yourself up yeah I've got a small flask of um, baby oil and I'd just like to rub it all over my body in the build up to the fight yeah I'll let you do that as you were kind of searching the room thank you I am now glistening my scales glisten uh, I got a 12. I got a dirty 19. Dirty 19. Filthy. The Cyclops, with a initiative bonus of zero, rolled <laughs> a natural one. Yes! <laughs> yes! Randall, first to act. The action is on you. I never get first to act. I stared, um, this, this foul creature, which is... 50% easier because he's only got one eye <laughs> and I say Jameson and I know you're in there I'll drag you out of your this foul creature and re- restore you to the man you once were and I cast compelled duel ooh what does he have to do for that which means he has to make a wisdom saving throw of wisdom 16 wisdom saving throw he has a minus two to wisdom, so and he rolls a five, so he he does not succeed. Fails. He is drawn to me, compelled by my divine demand. Oh! Uh, he has disadvantage on attack rolls against anyone other than me. Okay. And if he tries to move more than thirty feet away from me, he must make a wisdom saving throw. Not really sure that benefits me, but 
Well, I mean, I was. I, I, it makes a good point of like whereabouts you guys are in this room. Like, if you guys split up to search the room, or if you were like walking around together, it's completely up to you. Yeah. Cool. So that means you said that he has disadvantage on attacking anyone else other than you, and if he moves thirty feet away, he has to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. It will end if I'm more than 30 feet away or if a creature friendly to me damages the target. So, kind, kind of, I don't, I don't know, I've just did that for the, for the call list. It just sounds cool. It's just a, it's, it's a spell that you've not used before. Yeah, I don't have to justify myself to you. It's different. It's different. And you don't have to justify yourself to me. <laughs> and then I'm going to, I can't remember what's real D and D now and what what's Baldur's Gate D and D. Yeah, I can make an attack with my. <laughs> We've all been there. You can make an attack. You can make two attacks actually. I can actually. With your longsword. I hold forth my mighty flame tongue longsword and make a couple of attacks. I'm gonna I'm gonna say because I let Malgar use a bonus action while you guys were searching. If you want to have lit your sword alight while you were searching, uh, it would make sense because you were searching in the dark anyway. Oh yeah. Then I will. I'll let you do that. I think it gives you like it gives you some kind of extra damage. I can't remember how much it is. Yeah, an extra two d six fire damage. Although, I mean, yeah, I can't see why you'd ever not have it be flaming if you were trying to be sneaky and just carry it around everywhere. It's like Clark Kent as Superman. I don't understand why he wasn't telling people. Because he wanted to blend in. He didn't want. He just wanted a normal life. In the same way, you can't be sneaky with a flaming sword. Also, if you're indoors in a fucking like thatched cottage, you don't want to be wandering around with a flaming sword hanging off your ass. Outside of that, um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute savagery from Matt. That's an 18 and a... Wait, hang on. No, I can't count. That's a 17 and a 19 to hit. Both hit. Foo, foo. So... Let me roll for one damage. Um, I never get to use all my dice. This is really exciting. I was really happy when you said you wanted to play a paladin. Oh, so that's a maximum uh, 15 washing damage. Plus... Uh, three fire damage and then the other hit that's a not too shabby 14 slashing damage 14 and 6 fire damage now at the risk of this guy going down way too quickly uh, would you like to dump a divine smite into either of those can I do that you can do, you can do it after you've after you've already hit and done damage. You don't have to declare it beforehand. Ah, Paladins, man. Paladins. Spend one spell slot. No, I think I'll keep my my spell slot. That's cool. You've done a lot of damage on your first turn. Yeah, you uh, take out your longsword, shining brightly in the observatory, and you <laughs> slash twice. The flames catching against the uh, the Cyclops's arm as he attempts to bat the slashes away, 
uh, but does a pretty bad job of it and just kind of like wails at you. <laughs> cool. Compelled duel was a bonus action, wasn't it? Yes. Cool. Malgar, that's your turn. Cool. This whole time, Malgar has just been leaning on his greatsword, using it as like a lazy crutch as he's been watching his friend have at it. As I straighten up, I just crack my muscles. Uh, you see, now that I'm all baby oiled up, because of the licking flames on um, Randall's sword, you see my muscles just glistening in the firelight as I look over at the Cyclops and I say, well, you can really see why that lady was so besotted. He is a looker. He's got a certain, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a certain something, something about him, that man. As uh, I lift up my greatsword and I put it behind my shoulders and I just lean back, just stretching my muscles as I'm going to rage whilst doing that. And I would like to invoke wild magic. And apparently, DM, I get to roll on the wild magic table. But I'm not going to lie, I haven't got a fucking clue what that is. So, you tell me what to roll. It's cool, I looked at this earlier. I don't think it's the full wild magic table for the barbarian class. Uh, but, I will... Actually, let, let me have a look. Let me Just let me have a look. Just let me have a look. Okay, roll a d8 for me. Yes, sir. Roll a d8. Here we go. I got a six. A six. Until your rage ends, you are surrounded by multicolored protective lights. Ooh. You gain a plus one to AC, and oh, and while within ten feet of you, your allies gain the same bonus. So I would imagine that you and Randall are within ten feet of each other if you're following each other. Yes. So keep a note of that. I have. And I am fully narrative going to say that is all because I have lubed up with my baby oil and blows just slide off me, giving me an extra one AC. I'm here for this. Right, as a barbarian, I'm now ready, pumped. I am throbbing as I look dead on at the Cyclops. I look down at his knee and I take my greatsword and I aim back and I go and swing a low blow and try and hobble his kneecap with my first attack. I get two attacks. Yeah, you get two attacks, don't you? Roll your first one. I'm going to swing my giant slayer sword. Oh, that does extra damage to him. Does extra damage. Yeah. Uh, when you hit a giant, does this qualify as a giant? Sure does. Excellent. So he takes an extra two damage. Almost like I planned it this way. You didn't plan it, you got it from a book. <laughs> the great sword wasn't in the book. <laughs> okay, so I've got a plus one to AC, and I've also got a plus one to attack, and an extra 2d6 damage, which would be slashing. So it takes an extra 2d6 slash, but assuming I hit him. So I'm going to aim for the knee, backswing, arcing through the air, rolling... Oh, 28 to hit. Oof. That hits. That absolutely hits. Excellent. Actually, it was a 29 because I get plus one. And then slashing damage. You take uh, 12 slashing damage plus an extra 2d6. 12 plus 11 is 23. So he takes 23 points of slashing damage on the first blow to his kneecap. Ooh. As I go through one way. As you smack into his kneecap, he howls out, 
like and uh, hobbles down onto like it just like instinctively drops down onto onto one knee. Yeah, he's he's kind of like it's kind of like kneeling kneeling in front of you, but like he's still like up there. So I've slashed one way, connecting with his kneecap, ripping a chunk out of his kneecap, and as the sword goes the other way, I'm going to reverse the swing, put my hand on the pommel and slam it point first into his kind of chest area where he's now kneeling down so I'm going to make the reverse uh, attack which oh I'm rolling like magic today Uh, that's a 24 to hit hits and the damage is 12 plus uh, so that's 22 damage total slashing woo okay Okay, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, Cyclops howls in pain as you cut across his chest. It just like, it's almost like you go to, you go to impale him in the chest, but like the, the thick hide stretching across his chest. It just kind of like it glances across him, but you do feel it like dig in across like one of his pecs. Oh. As he howls out in pain. Yeah. He is going to that was your that was your action so and I've your done rage was action your bonus action. Action and my action, bonus right? action. Uh, I'm still within combat range, so I can't really move without him taking an attack of opportunity on me. So I've already had my bonus action, but just at the DM's discretion, I would like to look over at Randall and be like all right, Randall, aim away from the face. We don't want to ruin him for uh, for Valeria. I know that she's got the horn for his eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you could... I don't know if you could sense this from a Cyclops' face. Uh, a, a Cyclops that doesn't really know what you're talking about and has <laughs> no emotional connection to the person that he once was. But you you are sure that you you can see him rolling his one eye. <laughs> his one eye? I love it. Moving on to Jameson's turn, the Cyclops. Uh, he is going to very, very shakily like put himself back on his two feet again. And he is going to take out his great club, which... Yeah, fuck it. He's it, he doesn't have a great club. He's just gonna reach over and pick up like half of the telescope that he oh, ripped apart yes! on his way down. Picks up like a huge, <laughs> huge chunk of scientific equipment. He's just gonna smash. He's gonna take one attack on Randall, and then he's gonna take one attack on Malgar. First, first attack is a twenty-one to hit Randall. That. Just hits. Ooh, baby. Maybe you've got plus one because of my shiny chest. Yeah, that's with the plus one. Okay. We got a 20 AC. I was, I was thinking, like, well, nothing can hit me now. Yeah. As he cracks it down, you try and, like, deflect it with your shield, but it, like, just catches into your shoulder and it does 24 damage. <laughs> Jesus. And then. He uh, turns around to take a swipe at Malgar. So with Compelled Duel, this is with disadvantage, right? Uh, well, he's already been damaged, so that's... He's already been damaged, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Okay, so the second attack is a... 
that's not going to hit. That's an 11. Definitely doesn't hit. He. Uh, sorry, sorry to wreck on things. When I attacked you, you needed to make a DC save, strength saving throw or fall prone because of my sword. That's what the sword does, isn't it? Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I should have been better at reading the rules. He got a 22. <laughs> no, he's fine then, isn't he? He's big. All right. I'll remember that for next time. Does it? Does he need to do that for each one, or is it like he, one to He does, time? yeah, unfortunately. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, DC 15 strength. He got 22 again. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. He gets a plus six to strength. Like, it's his, it's his one thing. Cool. As he, like, turns around to swing the huge telescope at you, Malgar, you just duck as it, like, swings over your head and you just hear the, like, rush of air over your head. He got a 11. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got 17. So uh, as it swings over my head, I look over at uh, Randall and I'm like, all right, this being an erectile dysfunction clinic, I reckon you just got dick slapped, my friend. <laughs> as I look at him on the floor. Don't be bitter. Too in pain to, to entertain your jokes. Why don't you ring Cassandra again? I'm sure she'd love to pop round and soothe your ailments. That's two attacks. Yeah, he's done. Randall, that's back to you. I'm going to use my channel of divinity and call forth a vow of enmity. You stop misusing that scientific equipment. (laughs) (laughs) So I get advantage on attack rolls. Is that a uh, action or a bonus action? Bonus action. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, you, as you, as you shout that, you just hear this, you just hear like this voice in your ear just going, sorry, sorry. Yes, I was, sorry, I was busy performing a miracle, uh, earlier, but uh, I've come, I've come, I've, I, I, I came back as, as quickly as I could. I'm so sorry. Uh, how, how can I help? Do the, the, the enmity thing. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Enemies of justice, you will bow before this follower of Cassandra the Wise. Yes. I don't know why this goddess now sounds more and more like you. And also wears thick-rimmed glasses and has acne cream. Yeah. I'm here for her. Cool. You've still got your action left. I will make my attacks. My flaming sword. So, two attacks with advantage. Yes. Great. That's a 21. That? Yeah, 21 to hit for one of them. Hits. And a ooh, 27 to hit. Both hit. Roll me some damage. That's 14 slashing damage plus 10 fire damage. Woo! Smoking. Yeah, that is right. And then the second one is 11... Slash and damage plus seven fire damage. Cool. He is looking hurt. Hurt as you uh, slash across him again with your uh, fiery longsword. You cut into one of the wounds that Malgar was able to strike on this Cyclops' chest. And yeah, just because I guess I have it, I'll use Divine Smite as well. 
You can use it per attack as well if you want. Yeah, so I get two. Yeah, if you use two level one spell slots, yeah, you'll roll an extra forty-eight radiant <laughs> damage. I think. Jesus Christ! Paladins, baby. You gotta watch that shit. It's not undead or a fiend. So that's an extra ten plus nine, nineteen damage in total. Nineteen damage as you. As you cut into the Cyclops with your longsword, it howls out in pain, and then the the wounds, like, explode on it in this, like, divine light as it, like, lights up the whole room and the and the Cyclops with its one huge eye that it it doesn't seem to have figured out how to close properly and falls back onto its back, uh, kicking up loads of dust and, and debris from the ground underneath it. As the dust settles and your your vision comes back in front of you, you can't see the huge form of the Cyclops until the until the dust like settles and moves away. But when it does, you see that it's fully flat on its back, unconscious. What do you do, Malgar? It's your turn. Um, I was just thinking we weren't supposed to kill this guy. I walk over to him and I very gently rest the tip of my uh, giant slayer greatsword on the neck of the unconscious creature as I look over at Randall and I say, Do you know what, Randall? One thing I've noticed about today, I don't mind fighting monsters, but when them monsters ain't monsters, they're just scientists with big bodies, it ain't much of a fight, is it? This prick didn't know how to fight. No, I'm complaining. Money's the same. Do you think there's a bigger monster we can fight around here? Only my ego. <laughs> I thought maybe you meant the, the monster of unfettered scientific research. Who knows where it will end? <laughs> I know. If ever the world was going to end, it would be due to some crisis starting in an erectile dysfunction clinic. It just spirals <laughs> out of control. I've seen outbreak. Right. I think we've beaten him unconscious. Should we perhaps carry him back to his lover? What were her name? Um, uh, Viagra? Valeria. Valeria. You guys have got the syringe, so you could... Oh, it be easier just... to carry if he wasn't a, a giant abomination. No, no, that's quite all right. Oh, fuck me. Randall, you're you're a, you're the smarts here, Randall. I'm just the sexy one. Uh, what did she say? I weren't quite listening to her scientific mumbo-jumbo. Uh, where did she say we should be injecting this man? In his eye, was it? That seems logical. In, straight into the eyeball. Uh, both of you make me a insight check, I guess. To remember 30 minutes ago. <laughs> history, history. It must be history. Early <laughs> uh, 20. Five. Truly, Randall, you are the brains of this operation. <laughs> 14 intelligence uh, qualifies you to be the brains of this operation. <laughs> whilst he's being the brains of the operation, can I just be like looking offended whilst doing the, do you know, the little pectoral muscle dance? Really stacked people do. Yeah, you're doing the Terry Crews. Whilst offended that he's the brains of the operation, I'm just, like, showing off my, my body to no one. It's literally just me here. Put the boy, Morgan. <laughs> Randall, you know that 
basically just have to get this into his bloodstream. And he's a giant cyclops right now, so basically any muscle would do, but usually injecting someone in the leg doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't hurt. Straight in a the prostate, then. Straight in a the prostate. I'll hold him open. Could you stand over there? All right. <laughs> cool. If you Randall, so. you take the you take the syringe and you and you drive it into the thigh muscle of this of this huge cyclops. You press the plunger on the outside of the syringe to force the antidote in. And two, three, four. I can't count that high. Five seconds pass. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can't count that high. Randall can. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. He'll walk you through it. Yeah. Everything stops for like 10 seconds and then the the body starts to shake and it <gasps> like it's like it's like it's not pretty to look at. Like his body like breaks apart, shrinks and then comes back together again. Like you just hear the like the snapping of bones and like the breaking of the breaking of skin as he like morphs back into his human form. But in front of you, you see an unconscious human man, like half naked as well. Like when he was a cyclops, he he had like a a, a polite loincloth thrown around <laughs> his thrown thrown around his unmentionables. <laughs> now it is fully like a toga on him. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be fucking huge on him now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a toga now. Yeah, as he like transforms back, he. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Wait, did you... Where is Valeria? Oh, I'm afraid uh, she didn't make it. So she said you were going to pay us the rest of the fee? Uh, make me a deception check. <laughs> I should really stop this, but I do want to see where it's going. <laughs> 18. Nice. Uh, he rolled a natural six. So he's like, oh, God. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, what if... And then you see off to the, just like behind you where the isolation chamber was, you hear, Jimathan! As you see <laughs> Gradius running out, slow motion, chari- chariots of fire style. Beard flying in the breeze. Yeah, beard flying. <laughs> he runs over to you and puts an arm around Jameson. He's like, Valeria's okay. She, these guys, this, this, the, the holy man, he, he, he healed her a little bit, but she, she could probably do with some, some more medical assistance. Some tender loving care, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I love how whenever I start talking Scottish, you guys start talking Scottish. I've got a little bit of Sean Connery. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I hear what you're saying. She needs some medical attention. As I'm, as I'm already reaching into my mess kit and pulling out the um, soft cheese garlic roulade. Gradius looks over at you and he goes, uh, "We won't, we won't be needing any of any of your attention. Thank you. You've done, you've you've done your part." And he kind of like gestures to Jameson and the weird loincloth that is now his entire clothing. Gradius like picks up Jameson and starts to like hoist him over to the to the isolation chamber. Once he gets him in there, uh, Gradius comes comes running back out with a large pouch in front of him, which is just like 
clink-a-clink-clink-clink-clink-clink-clink-clink-clink-clink-clink-clink. Satisfyingly of money. And he's he kind of looks at the looks at the two of you and he's like, he goes, Right, thank you for your assistance in dealing with this monumental fuck up. I've tripled your uh your original rate from delivering the package, picking up the ashes of mandrake and of course helping to defeat the the form of jameson when he was when he was transformed thank you so much you've you've helped us innumerably we're in your debt as a character do do i believe that the, the amount of money in that pouch is triple what i was expecting um he seems sincere you can make an inside check thank you just curious you know, because we've got a few minutes left on the clock and I've not yeah. finished killing people yet. I've only had one round of combat. I at 15. Yes. I'm still raging, basically. I'm very distrustful. <laughs> yeah, he he's... You realise that the reason why his voice is shaking is because he's scared that you are, that you are still raging. You look mm. like a Dragon Ball Z character who's forgotten mm. he's not in a fight anymore. <laughs> And he he looks scared of you, and that's the reason why his voice is shaking. Gotcha. Like his hand is shaking as he holds the holds the pouch out in front of you. Yeah, he appears to be telling the truth when you when you realise that. He appears to be sincere and and uh, most just just speaking out of gratitude. Essentially, he says, "You're welcome to wait a little while, and you know, wait out the storm." If you'd like to stay here a little longer, we don't have much to offer in the way of hospitality. I think maybe, maybe there might be a bottle of very, very old wine. Maybe if we're we're lucky, someone kept it in cold storage, but it's up to you. I look over at Randall at this point and I pull, this whole time I've been carrying a giant sack on one shoulder as I pick the sack back up and I reach into it and I pull out the next parcel as I look over at uh, Rando and I say alright, well more deliveries to do we can't be hanging around forever yes, we must travel onwards I look down at the parcel and it's, it says uh, Patty Weatherwax at uh, Snibbling Thickets Village Alright, well, the, the life of a delivery man is, is not one to sit around. We are on to the next one. We get paid by a package. Gradius kind of like shrugs his shoulders and goes, Well, more wine for me then. I'm going to need to drink plenty to get rid of the traumatic memories of what's happened tonight. You are, as you say, working men. Uh, so feel free. I believe the, the, the wards should have dropped now. And you can feel free to be on your way. Yeah, so be it. But I, I turn to an, an unseen audience and I say, After does mankind's grip exceed his grasp? <laughs> well, what new and terrible wonders will this technological age bring about? I shall be keeping an eye on you, science dwarf. <laughs> it's like an episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> science dwarf! I'm looking very confused as he gives this beautiful monologue. The ginormous strapping dragonborn barbarian is just licking cheese off his fingers whilst looking slightly confused. (laughs) Yeah, Gradius goes from looking very happy and very thankful 
So just looking a little bit confused by what your guy's deal is. As Randall <laughs> stares off into the darkness, giving a monologue to no one. And Malgar uh, licks cheese off his fingers. And you guys head off into the night to deliver your next package because the world waits for no one. And that's where we'll close off this very special one-shot episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. That was spectacular, Chris. Thank you to Roland Play Press for letting us dine out on uh, their new book, One Shot Wonders. It was just one of over a hundred scenarios that are kept within those fantastic pages. Thank you very much for letting us absolutely butcher and add my <laughs> terrible Scottish accent to 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 your your wonderful dwarf character, Gradius Stoutbrand. Yeah, thank you to thank you to uh, AJ and and Matt for for joining me on this on this wonderful adventure. Any closing thoughts to take us out, guys? Um, no, just a massive thank you to you for giving me the opportunity to play. I don't get enough. I've been very spoilt recently. I've actually been able to be a player a few times. So thank you very much for taking the time to uh, put that together for us. Absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, thank you to, to Matt for being the intelligent half of this duo. Thank you to AJ for being the other player. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the corner crying, just bouncing my pectoral muscles up and down to the beat. <laughs> For being the eye candy, really, is what he means. I was getting strong Half-Life vibes. Like, it was it was taking me back to being, like, I don't know, how old was I? 12 when that game came out? Something like that? Where the beginning of the game in the Black Mesa complex and everyone's like, shouldn't you be in the test chamber, Gordon? Like, yes, yes, I'll get there in, in a the minute. Test chamber. I'll see you in the test chamber, Gordon. I could. I, I don't want to ruin the characters for anyone, but I did at a certain point. I thought, what if these were played by the cast of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? <laughs> <laughs> with, with Todd Sanchez. As, uh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, let's keep that for the outro. Uh, that that feels like one of your popular comedies that I'll have never seen. I don't know what that is. It's got Richard Ayawadi in it. I know that much. I'd love to. There's got to be an RPG like Call of Cthulhu or something that you could play in the in the Dark Place setting. Like someone has to have done that because that would be wonderful. I would I would love for us uh, to do more RPGs that are outside of D and D if we ever got the time. And all the capacity. We should do. I want to watch a couple more. I know a couple of streams that have, streams and podcasts that have done Call of Cthulhu. I'd like to listen to watch a couple to like get my head around the system a little bit. Cool. Because I, wa- I watch loads of 5e stuff. So like that's like that's how I learned to play D&D mm. by watching like Critical Role and D20. Mm. But I'd love to do the same with Call of, Call of Cthulhu. Um, I just can't get horror right with 5e. That's all we've got time for this evening, folks. Thank you for joining us on this very special one-shot episode. Uh, thanks again to Roland Play Press for letting me butcher one of your fantastic scenarios. If you 
want to get in touch with us about anything that you've heard tonight i don't know why you would uh, <laughs> but you can you can find us on uh the you can find us on the platform formerly known as twitter now known as x at adventurers ano number one and you can find us on Instagram at Adventurers Anonymous Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Threads. Guys, we're everywhere. Just go look for us. You know, yep. you know where we are. Uh, if you fancy giving us a review, yes. that'd be super great. If Do you, it. If you know, if you tra- if you fancy if it, one of our new listeners from our from our recent influx. Perhaps yeah. this would be yeah, it'd be, it'd be absolutely wonderful. Make we it would mean the world to us. Yeah, you could be the new ven- nude venturers anonymous. Yes, in what? the nude. The yeah. nude? What? Um, what? 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 what, nope, what? Nope. <laughs> I com- I combined the word new with adventurers, and I made nude venturers. Ah, oh, portmanteau. Oh. We can just cut that. That's bad. I, I, I think I can hear. I think I can hear the sound of all the the listeners leaving. What's that? Oh, no, come back. We're better than this. Oh no! no Raggy will be back. You like Raggy? <laughs> Raggy will be back soon, and the the, the balance will return to the Lewis force. Chan, King of Knitwear himself. Oh God, that man! <sighs> yes, if you fancy giving us a review. Please don't feel pressured to do it, but if you fancy doing it, we'd love it if you would. Don't feel pressured. I'm going to name and shame listeners that don't review us. I don't give a shit. John, Jeff, Wendy, Bill, Bob, Stuart, Jasper. I'm going to need five more, five more names. Go. Vladimir, Sophie, Isak, and uh, Gregor. Fuck you all, wherever you are. Oh, we're in Russia now. Okay. <laughs> Why be so presumptive? doesn't have to be vladimir and gregor a eh? they definitely right. came in after the right. whole right. after the whole right. and oats stuff was settled <laughs> absolutely it was <laughs> right they are definitely post whole and oats listeners they are but honestly <laughs> listeners if you don't want to get your name read out in shame leave us a five-star review that's how simple it is i've got all the time in the world to read out names we know who you are we don't we don't know we don't know your names we do know we do know cool all that's left to do then is to is to uh, is to wish a goodbye from your dungeon master for the evening, which is me, and it's a big goodbye from AJ Action Jackson Jackson. Goodbye, my fine friends. Interesting, interesting. A, a new accent in the in the outro. That's, that's how to that's duty. Funny. How to duty. Um, and it's <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, my fine friends. <laughs> yeah. That oh, voice is now in the public domain, so we can use it all we want. <laughs> yeah, so, so <laughs> fuck you, Hall of Notes. You can't have it. You can't have my voice. It's in the public domain. And it's a huge goodbye from Matthew Durant. You make my dreams come true. <laughs> Listeners, I don't know whether he's talking to you or me. To find out, you'll just have to listen to the next episode of the Adventures Anonymous podcast. But until then. Stay tipsy. Stay tipsy. Wow. The delay has never been worse. I delayed it. That was. How dare you besmirch? I'll I'll, I'll put it all back together again so it's all in time. As I do every single week because none of us can ever sing in time. Are you going to say your famous phrase, Chris? Come on. I'll edit it back in. 
You can't stay here. I already said. Ta- I, I already said stay tipsy. That was, we can that have many the, endings. What's the I one you say? Oh. Goodbye, my precious blueberries. No, oh, the other one. Yes. Oh, now I can sleep. Now I can sleep well. He said. Wait, he said Matt. Nice which one did? You, oh, you want? Oh, Matt, one. What, Matt want wanted. Matt wanted. Uh, <sighs> you don't have to go home, yes. but you can't stay here. All right, but say it with some passion. Come on, let's have a hot take. Uh, sorry, I have too many outros. The people what they want. Right. I've got it. I've, just give, me coming. give me a Shut minute. up. Got Everyone, it. shut up. Everyone, look. He's reaching into himself. <laughs> All that's left to say, then, listeners, is don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Goodbye, my precious blueberries. <sighs> Drum roll. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the one. I had it both ways. I thought I was only going to do one, but I had it both ways. <laughs> he had it in both holes. Right. Excellent. That 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 was so good. I love that. That was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to editing it down. Righty-ho. Thanks very much, Mr. Neil. That was a thing of beauty. All right. Peace out. Look after yourself. I'll see you soon. <laughs>